Bourne over there. Tough start to the week, Kipper. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne. Hope everybody's enjoyed and enjoying their long Easter weekend. What are those like? We work. <laughs> we are workers. We, we are. We love the Leafs. We are. Hope it's been a good one for everybody. Derek Brandeo, Jennifer Rolnick, and our very own Sammy McKee all on board for you for the next two hours. Good weekend? Uh, Yeah. Good. Yeah. I don't know. I don't do it. When you have young kids, you know, you just exist around them. We went outside some. I've been there. You know? I've been there. Yeah. Done that. So, like, what happened this weekend? I have no recollection. There's no one thing we did. They had Easter morning. They, they searched for eggs. Well, wherever everyone is, either on uh, watching uh, through our live stream on our Sportsnet uh, YouTube channel or picking us up on uh, Sportsnet 590 The Fan, uh, downloading us, uh, glad along you're along for the ride. Toronto Maple Leafs. Holiday, boys. Four points. Sammy, how are you, buddy? Is today a holiday? <laughs> well, I don't know. You're not here. We assume so. Yeah. Oh, very nice. <laughs> We're glad you're along as well, Good Sammy. Good to have you on, buddy. Yeah, boys. Yeah, boys. So what uh, What do we make out of the weekend? Uh, four points. One needed overtime in Ottawa. The other one came a- across uh, an Islander team clearly struggling over the finish line, but... Under what now, uh, or under seven games going into last night? We're down to six. Was it enough for you to say, get us through this this stretch? Because I'm watching again, guys, feeling like this is about six to eight, eight games too long for me right now. <laughs> Did we see signs of that out of the Toronto Maple Leafs this weekend? I, you know, I, I think they handled their business. Like, uh, it wasn't quite the dominating route that they gave us against the Washington Capitals, but you know, they kind of did what they had to do. I thought last night, you know, there were there were moments where it wasn't pretty. It, let's be honest, not the best hockey game against the Islanders. I thought there was stretches in last night's game that reminded me of their tank season. <laughs> What do you mean? How badly they yes. played? Well, just stretches of hockey. Yeah. The start of the second period, they spent five minutes in their end. There, there, there are times, and I speak of the Islanders too, like no, nobody could make two passes, three passes. There were people falling down on their own. Well, Riley had that turnover that Lilligren bailed them out, and then Riley fell over on the power play right before a goal, and it was like, is this guy hammered? Are, like- they, are they drunk? <laughs> are they? Are they? Do we need a breathalyzer yeah. after the first period? It was some ugly hockey. It was at times, and you know that's how the Islanders want it to be. They do this whole thing where they keep shots to the outside, and they want no event hockey, and nothing happens. And the Leafs, for long stretches, were ready. They were okay with nothing happening. But you know what? Someone had to step up and save the day. Number eighty-eight put on his cape last night. I thought. Oh my gosh! Superman. Really? Yeah, yeah I thought he was oh, great. I thought he was. When he's gone, Typ- he's gone, right? <laughs> Typical <laughs> Nylander, where if if the skill level uh, is matched somewhat with an effort, yes. he can stand out. And he did. It's, uh, you know, in, in the playoffs last year, Tavares goes down. They need someone to step up. Willie was fantastic for the first four or five games of that series. Last night, no Austin Matthews. Willie's time to shine. I, I just thought he did it. He, he made a couple of those game-breaking plays your average player can't make that made the difference. He makes the knocks the stick out of Pollock's uh, hands cool. there on the two-and-one. Cool play. Yep. Uh, nice breakout. Uh, yeah, I, I just thought he made made a difference last night. What was pretty clear in the first 20 minutes is 
a different look without Austin Matthews. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was uh, significantly different. I, I'm, I'm not sure what you thought of how they arranged it. Top line of Tavares, Marner, and Mikheyev last night. That surprised you some? Well, I, I think it was a good opportunity for Mikheyev and Engvall to step up. They've been so good the last yeah. little while that it's a natural progression to say, okay, uh, we can now take a, a good look at uh, these guys in a top six scenario. Yeah. No, they, they've just been putting defenses on their heels both guys skate so well Engvall looks like a impactful player the type of guy that Sheldon Keefe you know a year ago was saying we expect more from Pierre I think this is kind of what they thought he could be you know we're kind of going reverse on clips here but do you want to hear what Willie had to say on Engvall do you want to just do Pierre or should we save him no well let's let's go to it okay let's let's hear Willie Nylander on Pierre Engvall just so we can get our Engvall love out of the way off the top I was actually talking to him uh, I think it was for last game, where were we last night? Ottawa. Ottawa, yeah, we were in dinner at Ottawa, and I said, like, it's just so nice to see the way you've grown where as a player we? coming in from last season, and, I mean, the way you've excelled as a player this year, and um, obviously being a Swede, you want to take care of the Swedes, uh, Swedes around you, and, I mean, I've just been uh, proud to see the way he's grown, and, I mean, he's showing different aspects every night and getting better every night, so, I mean, he's Great on the PK, forecheck, and winning pucks back, and obviously scores goals. So, um, yeah, he's been huge for us. And he can remember what city he played in. I, that's amazing. I know it's a long season, but where were we last night again? Like, where on planet? <laughs> Ottawa, yeah. We were in dinner at Ottawa, and I said, like... <laughs> Thanks, Carmen Sandiego. They, uh, they, both of the guys have gone to another level when it comes to the confidence that they have now with the puck. Yeah. At times, I can worry that they might try to now do too much too much yeah just might try to over now do it i think it was mikhailov with a a a turnover i saw in the third period in the neutral zone that i didn't like Mm -hmm. particularly just that's something that sheldon might want to keep an eye on and by the way sheldon keith will be joining us in the second hour yeah sheldon keith on the show even though he's on the show every day we'll get him in yes. person today yeah and brian lawton as well uh gord stellick so we got a, a terrific show for you the one thing guys i don't know maybe this is just me being a stickler uh but mckayev empty net mm-hmm. just slide it over to marner skate right into it, let him put it in the empty net. Yeah. Right? That's the right play to do. Firing it to an open net, missing on the side, allowing the Islanders to come back and and take a run at tying the game up. Selfish play. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A little bit show-me-the-money kind of shot. Hey, these numbers matter a lot more to Mikheyev than they do a lot of other guys right now. I get it. Yeah. I get it. But... You can't be thinking like that in that moment. Yeah. You can't. All you needed to do was slide it into the area and let Mitch Marner go put the game away, yeah. and it's over. Not that big of a deal, but something that maybe I believe someone would have said something to him. Yeah. Probably uh, if today's an off day, maybe tomorrow. Yeah, That's I can all. see that. Yeah, and, you know, either way, they, they uh, camp gets the sort of the – Weird angle one for the empty netter. And with that, the Leafs set the franchise record for um, for points and for wins, I think. Sam, you got stats on this? I do have stats on this. And um, 
So the it's the first uh, the first fifty win season was achieved by the Boston Bruins in seventy and seventy one. Uh, since then, twenty seven franchises have have achieved seventy nine seasons of fifty plus wins. In the time it took the Toronto Maple Leafs to achieve their first, Ouch. the teams with the most are the Boston Bruins with ten. Montreal has seven. Detroit six. Philly five and Washington five, and those stats come from the Road Guy on Twitter. So just wanted to give him a shout out for the stats. So yeah. Um, so you, isn't it kind of crazy? You and the Roadrunner. Isn't it kind of crazy? It took that long. You and the Roadrunner yes. are, are in agreement that uh, they've been underachieving all these years. Well, it's pretty crazy to me to for a team that's been around <laughs> since you know the old Mutual Arena in 1900 that it's taken them 50. They've never gotten to 50 wins. Isn't that crazy? Or is that just I don't know the way it goes. No, it's a little crazy. The The Red Wings had one season in an 80-game uh, year where they lost eight games. Sure, the Canadians did. The Montreal Canadiens lost eight games in an 80-game season once. Uh, so, yes, for the Leafs to get to 50 wins for the first time, about time, I would say. It, it is, though. Do you uh, care? Yeah, and then there's overtime wins or shootout wins which they didn't have. It's not really a franchise record. It's a modern-day kind of... To me, if if you want to go franchise records, you yeah. have to say wins or points in regulation. Agreed. So there was a Leafs what? team. What do you mean? What? It, it, it's they have the most wins in their franchises. No, history, no, no. But they have regardless. wins that came in overtime before okay. when games that just ended in a tie. Never had the opportunity. Okay. It's not apples to apples. So the team that had 105 points, I believe, had 10 ties. Which means take them to overtime ten times, give them the win in half, half. of those games or something, you know, and and yeah. there's more points there for them, which is fine. But they don't want to do that. The NHL doesn't want to do that. I'm um, just saying for the Leafs to get, they need to surpass about another five or they're, ten. They're, they're fooling here. the unsophisticated. And you and I, we put our oh, on putting, top hats. You're not, you're not pulling that <laughs> crap over us. <laughs> Franchise records. <laughs> Please. It's very, very good. It's very, very good. Uh, you know, I was saying this uh, to Sammy before the show. I can see a day. Let's say the Leafs lose in the first round to Tampa Bay. And they get punted. Everyone gets fired. Dubas is out. And they, oh, gosh. Uh, let's just say How this happens. How quickly did you come to that conclusion? What a great saying, thought. I'm just Great saying, thought on a Monday. My point is I can see a world where people, Leaf fans, look back at this time and go, God, we never appreciated that while well, we had it. Because this is a team that has playoff-only expectations. Find me someone that's going to say that we had a great losing in the first round. When they're not... Well, sure. Don't we get, were entertained. I will. When they don't get in playoffs for three years in a row, there'll some, be some people going, God, wouldn't it be great to be in meaningful games? This was the thing. When I first moved to Toronto, I heard people say, we just want meaningful hockey. Give us a game that matters in April. Give us something. Oh, gosh. I don't remember that. Well, it happened. I assure you. I moved here in really? 2013. Sammy? Oh, I remember that well. Um, forget about whether or not anybody gets fired. Are people going to look back and say, we were highly entertained during that regular season. We got to give them credit if they lose in the first round, as JB had just said. What did you say? Sorry. Pay attention. <laughs> no, you cut out a little bit there. Okay. All right. One more I'm time. Not, I'm not... You know, I'm in the I'm in the outer space will, today, so you just will, cut out a little. Will bit. there be anyone in Super Sammy Leaf Nation that will look back at this season if they get knocked out in the first round and say, "Hey, listen, we played some great hockey. We were highly entertained, and we played meaningful hockey in April." 
No, and that's, the way you're wording the question is a little tricky. <laughs> uh, your Honor, he's leading the witness. <laughs> I, just, I think that the Leafs have lost in such heartbreaking fashion in multiple you know, first rounds that people are going to kind of be – I think we're kind of prepared for heartbreak now. Regardless of no matter no matter the way it goes, no matter what happens – I think we're kind of prepared for the first round of this. And I think that this year will be looked back on more fondly than other years that they lost in the first round, if that's what happened. I'm, I'm, is, that, is that too roundabout? I'm 13 minutes into the first show of the week. I'm going to say that something that makes Kipper just angry at me, I'm sure. Fondly. You know, in European football, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> they value the, the regular yes. season champion as the champion. Yes. And they, they view that as the best test of who built the best teams. The Leafs are not that this year. But I think you can make the case they've been good for long stretches of years. They've been a top team all season they, long. And, yeah, they've been – they've yes. had good hockey teams. That's right. So, But uh, – Can you, we can we make a regular season no. uh, top no. five award no. for them? No, we can't. Okay. All right. Anything else? Paper mache? Yeah. You can do anything yeah. you want. You know what? I want to hear what Sheldon Keefe thinks of the re- franchise record in wins and points. Let's do that. Yeah, in terms of what it means, I mean, I, I don't know that it means – a lot, you know. I mean, especially <laughs> it, where we need to get to as a team when it counts the most. But it's it's obviously not nothing, and I think it speaks to the work that this team has done. Uh, it speaks to what this team is capable of, um, and it also just speaks to the fact that we just need to remain focused on the fact that we're a really good team and we can do really good things. We've been through a lot this season, ups and downs, and we've been questioned at different times, and understandably, you know, because of, you know, what we've failed to do in previous years and where we know we need to get to. But this team's done some really great things and has great capabilities uh, ahead. So we just need to continue to focus on the fact that uh, we're a good good team and and continue to ramp up for playoffs. I got the sense he was on the... Kipper program and not the Bourne program. You're right. <laughs> he was. <laughs> but then again, the coach is always on the program of telling your team, we're not good enough, we're not done yet, we can't yeah. sit on our laurels, right? That's his literal job. Prepare them to be better the next time out. Which is good. Which is good. Sammy, what did you think of austin Leafs last night? I just, I can't get over. It's fascinating to me how much different they look. And I understand that you're you're taking out one of the best players in the league. I guess that's maybe the the main reason, but they just seem to play a different style. No, they just seem like I had a couple of buddies text me last night. Like the second that Matthews goes out, they turn into the the '96 Devils. They just slow it down, yeah, I, muck it up. Yeah. And I know that's I know that's probably a product of the team that they were playing last night. It was pretty low event hockey, but it's just remarkable to, remarkable to me how much different they look. It's not necessarily worse. It's just a really different looking team fellas I would my first thought last night was back to back tired mm-hmm. they didn't have the energy to the start the through. game and I, I, it got stronger their third period was their best yeah. And oh, yeah to me that's a good sign right there that they just found a way to kind of stick through it but they look to me like a team that uh, that started out with no energy mm-hmm and my first thought was coming off uh, an Ottawa game 24 hours later, end of the season, grinding. 
Islanders out hit them two to one last night, forty eight to twenty four or something. Yeah, like that. they were coming. So out, they came out pretty hard. Ross Johnson lays out uh, Geo right yeah. off the bat, and uh, that, that's that. It was more about the back to back and not having it. Then my first thought was, oh, this Different is who style. they are without Austin Matthews. Totally agree. Like just the the Islanders, I think they play this style of play that they they make you go through people. They're above you all the time, so you're always going through a body. You know, you need energy and pep and purpose to to go through that. God, I I thought they were just horrible. The Islanders, yeah, the Leafs. Oh, Islanders. Islanders, yeah. And Chara, I love them, but it's over. It's over, eh? Yes. Yeah. That lady singing. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, didn't didn't he kind of gift Marner the the uh, the goal? Yeah, he was there, so standing by him anyway. I think it went off of him, back out, and uh, the and the other thing too, guys, they they can't score. They cannot score. Like uh, what happened to Anders Lee in front of the net? There's a couple times that uh, he just was not in position to take the eyes away from Jack Campbell, and Jack actually did a good job and got stronger as the game progressed, finding pucks. Yeah, but like. And Barzell, Barzell has What's his deal. Barzell has Marner like he moves qualities. like Marner. I agree. Like laterally hangs onto the puck, but he has no engine, yeah. no Marner engine whatsoever. And it's good enough to still look like you've got that that potential to be great, but he can't find it right you know to go he to the, another, find the next level it's one of those things where he doesn't mesh with the coach either right the coach has got him on the third li- third line right now saying we don't like the way you do this that or the other thing so it, it might be different for him somewhere else but with the islanders it's it's tough man it's to, he's just they're asking him to be a more well-rounded player and i don't know sometimes you got to let these guys free not clip their wings you know all right so um sub sammy oh. I was just going to say that the Leafs have a pretty impressive record without Matthews. They've had 44 games over his career that he's missed, and that they're 28-14-2 with a 3.20 goals per game. Uh, Marner has 53 points in those 44 games that Matthews has missed. So their ability to cope without their best player is pretty good. So I just wanted mm-hmm. to mention that before we moved on. Um, did Wherever you got you found that, did they have uh, without Marner as well? Because I, I think it's uh, it tells a different story. With Marner. I don't have that with in front of me because Marner didn't miss last night, yeah. but I can dig that up for you. I, I think it's way worse uh, when Marner's out of the lineup. I'll, uh, I'll get our best people on it right now. <laughs> get, 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 get some people on that. Get yeah. some people on that. Other than that, you liked uh, Nylander's line. Engville. Yeah, I did. You know, I, I think Sammy liked them a little more than I did. Uh, not that I didn't like them last night. I just... You know, Sheldon said he wanted to see that line, and I, I you know, I'm not sure Kerfoot, Engvall, Nylander is a line I feel like you could count on to be there all the time. Like, a engaged, purposeful Nylander and Engvall, love it. I would be worried you would miss them for long stretches of play. All right, do we have I, one? Uh, Sammy, you got anything to add on that? Well, I just, I think that was old Engvall. Yeah, okay. I Like, I, like you, you don't think that he's Engvall. kind of made a... I think he's made a. I think he's made a permanent turn here. Like it's been a solid stretch of two months where he's been skating hard, engaged. I think his work on the penalty kill has improved tenfold. Like I really do think that those two guys on the wings really complement each other. And we always talk about how Tavares and Nylander 
didn't have any chemistry. I thought the chemistry on that line always kind of came from from Kerfoot and and Willie, who seemed to have a little something. I don't know, man. That's a line that I would kind of stick with. I, I I really like what I saw from them. The speed, the sort of skill on that line. Kerfoot's two way play. I, I I like that line, boys. I kind of hope they stick with that. I'm suddenly curious what Engvall's going to cost. 14 goals, 30 points. Oh, we don't need to do that today. Does Engvall That's, need a new uh, deal, too? He's an summer. So they, they control him, yeah. but, yeah. No, you're, you're right, Sam. It's probably not for today. Why don't we have Sheldon talk about the Lions last night, and we'll, we'll go deeper on that. Perfect. The biggest thing I really wanted to see was Kerfoot, um, Nylander, and Engvall. And really liked that line today. That they did good things. I thought Willie was excellent today. Engvall's continued to play well. Kerfoot going back in the middle did a good job for us. So I was really happy with that. And now obviously John stepping up and playing with Mitch. Um, those guys were good, and, and Mitch played really well. Didn't miss a beat. So um, those kind of things I liked. I thought we got good shifts from Spezza Simmons and Abrazesi. And um, so yeah, I think uh, from. You know, for what I was looking to accomplish today in terms of um, getting some reps and some comfort with those players playing together, I was happy with it. See, and that's a, it's a good chance. Austin out of the lineup, heaven forbid you, you lose somebody of significance early in the playoffs, i.e. Barnes for the Raptors. Ooh. You need different mm. looks. You need people to say that's what the regular season's for. So guys can draw back on, on those experiences, experiences and saying, uh, oh, I, I, I was okay in, in yeah. that instance. I can do this again here now in the playoffs. Well, there had been a sense with Michael Bunting that you couldn't take him off the top line. Like it was such an affront to his season to you know have this guy play us away from Marner. So last night he gets a look with Bunting, Camp, and Blackwell. I thought it was fine. Fine to see something different. I, I don't have particularly have a thought on the line. Just... I wanted to see Blackwell get in some different spots that wasn't the guy playing eight minutes on the fourth line. So good, you know, sometimes these things happen for a reason. Good to get Matthews out just to get some a different look at some of these things. And we're, and we're hard on bunting, fellas, but I think we got to give him a little bit of credit here for his past four, maybe his past week of games. He's definitely looked like he's kind of come out of that lull a little bit, no? A little bit more engaged. Are we hard on bunting? Around the net a little better. Yeah, we're hard I on bunting. So, yeah. Are we? Oh, yeah. no, I don't think we're that hard. We actually okay. just talk about protecting him more so than yeah, I, yeah. Uh, being critical of him. Yeah. That's but, all. But you're but right, he's Sam. Been good. He's been playing he's great been really good. Yeah. He has. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's hard not to be really good, and it's not it's, it, it's not that hard to just continue to kind of go to the net when you play with a guy like Mitch Marner. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, eventually Your role the tide simplified. will turn. Like still kind of miraculous that he went 17 games without scoring one goal hard on, on the heart on the hot streak that Matthews and, and Marner have been yeah. on you know I had heard someone theorize that Matthews doesn't draw as many penalties and Marner too because Bunting's drawing them all like the ref calls the penalty yeah you know it's got to go somewhere I wonder if just Matthews is shooting the hockey puck in the net so much. It's like, when did Bunting have time to? I, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's not a bad take, end, actually. Ending a lot of rushes by Matthews All just right. shooting it in. Uh, YouTube chat, Chris Mano says, with Marner out, they're 10, 12, and 4. We have reached our conclusion. Marner is better than Matthews. Well, maybe not better. <laughs> More valuable, maybe, but not better. <laughs> 
<laughs> I spend half our shows trying to not have this conversation. 25 minutes into the show on Monday, we're after it already. Um, thoughts on... Uh, and and you talked about this. You were on the telecast with uh, our good friend Anthony Stewart. Uh, Stewie talked about uh, Simmons stepping up, yeah, one hundred percent against Ross Johnson. But oh my God, that is he Simmons. You could see the body language that I, this is one guy I do not want to go toe to toe with. Ross Johnson, he's just so much human. This guy, he's six five two thirty five, right. And and, <laughs> Simmons, just... so this is one thing people don't. Everyone thinks Wayne Simmons is a heavy. Wayne Simmons, a I'm bigger than Wayne yeah. Simmons. Simmons, he's a hundred. He's, 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 he's 185 wiry. pounds. He's yes, he's not a heavyweight. He's Nate Diaz. You know, he's not. He's wiry. Craig Hardy, and he's, he's not. He's not a heavyweight. Yeah, no, right? he's not. He and fights heavies, and, and he's a gamer, and no doubt the Leafs' best fighter. But you don't want to hang in there. Uh, against a, a guy like Ross Johnson. No. And even Clifford against Wilson. He took some hits, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope he's okay. Yeah. Today. But at least... But, you know, they, play, least the, they play great the rest you know, of the game as, that as, line. As Anthony uh, alluded to, uh, it was it, it's more about the message and not the end result of a It's of like, a fight. we will make you answer to, to right? things. And the other thing I loved about last night... Labushkin's hit on Palmari. You did like that. Loved eh? it. Loved it. At least fans are gonna love this guy. He's just running at people. Like just to go in there and and send a message. And again, that's just not a message to the Islanders. It's a message to Tampa Bay. Yeah. Get ready in two weeks. You want to keep your head down against this guy? He will take a healthy run at you. Yeah. They've got someone who'll do that. You know, I'm still I'd still like to work around the the, um, how, how does that affect your teammates? Mm-hmm. The the scrum was okay. Even Willie got in there a little bit. Yes. But <laughs> you can see they haven't had a lot of regular season practice. Yeah. Outside of maybe a few of those that have been led by Labushkin or the Winnipeg uh, scenario. Uh, but other than that, they, they're not a team that really has a natural reaction to that sort of stuff. Are you saying something, Sam? Yeah, I was just going to say, I, was, I wanted to know what Kipper's thoughts were on Willie being on the front lines of a scrum. Boosh pulling him into the fight there with that big hit, yeah. but I was nice to see him get in there. Good enough. <laughs> good enough. He, 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 he ain't fooling anybody, but good enough. Well, that's the thing. Right? Just be present just be in present. that scenario. Just, just look like you're interested. Yeah. Hold on for dear life, yeah. basically. Great. Yeah. So um, definitely like that. Other than that, and we'll have uh, Sheldon Keefe will join us uh, in the second hour here, and we'll certainly get into it as well with him. But just uh, the pairs, and mm-hmm. where is this leading up to game one? We've got six more games to go. Are we going to see a few more different uh, scenarios? Are we finding out that uh, certain guys are are destined to be beside each other in game one? Well, here's what I think. So... Muzzin and Sandine are out. Let's just assume they're out. Like, if we're building a lineup right now without them, you have three left shots. Brody now has to play the left side, Morgan Riley and Mark Giordano. By the way, left side of Riley, Brody, Giordano. You're doing pretty good. So then on the right side, you've got Labushkin, Hall, and Lilligren to, to kind of pair up with those guys as you see fit. So you think about Riley. Do you want Justin Hall with them? That's been a disaster. 
They cannot be a pair. We've t- tried. That doesn't work. So your choices are Lilligren or Labushkin. He's been very good with Labushkin, Morgan Riley and Labushkin it is. To me, that's like a set pair. And now you've got Brody Hall, Giordano, Lilligren. Sure. I mean, with guys out, Kipper, it kind of yeah. makes it... Still a concern, eh? When you think about it, if when you really think about it, <laughs> if I told you last September, your right side... Labushkin, Hall, Lilligren? <laughs> Labushkin, Hall, and Lilligren <laughs> to go up against the defending Stanley Cup champions. You would have looked at me like I had three heads. I would not have been excited. However, <laughs> the hope is that's not oh the case. Oh, my God. The hope is Muzzin is in there. Brody's on the right side. One of those guys get bumped out. By the way, if Sandine is healthy, what do you do? Like, if Sandine becomes available, are you going to play him on the right side in one of these no, pairs? No, I don't think so. You put him on the on the left I, side, have Brody play right side and bump someone? I think he's out until Muzzin I just think he, if I'd love to see him be able to come back before playoffs because I could see a scenario where Brody goes back with Riley, Sandine plays the left side with, I don't know, Hall? No, I don't like it either. I don't like anything. Gio and Brody have not played together? No. Not they one shift. We're going to ask... Uh, We'll ask uh, Sheldon, is that... Do you hate success? Wow. <laughs> Isn't it inevitable that they'll see some time together? Yes, I think we should write that down as a must-ask question. Brody, well, Geo. Okay. I got to say, boys, absolutely love the old guy, Geo, getting the overtime winner off a stretch pass with him at the opposite blue line. Like, if there's nothing says three-on-three three like that, that was an exciting game Saturday night. Maybe not the, the most beautifully played game and one that you probably shouldn't go into overtime, but when you're having a few drinks with some friends and watching yeah. it, it was a very, very <laughs> enjoyable and, game. And, and Gio has been great. Yeah. He has been yes. great. You called him the best, at least best D in our group chat. Yeah, I did, which I, is... Am I throwing you under the bus here? A, no. It was a slight at everyone else, wasn't <laughs> yes. it? Heaven forbid he yeah. say something positive. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I don't want a soon-to-be 39-year-old being my best defenseman. No, I think that's a fair point. And it was a fair point. Again, last night, maybe an example of of you know making sure that uh, Geo does everything you can and you do everything to make sure you get the most out of Geo and not overtax him mm-hmm. like back to back games playing almost 20 minutes Geo uh, Geo and a lot of his teammates looked like the energy was down based on a 24 hour turnaround and you don't want Geo to to play 22 minutes in the first round and then tail off in the second and third when you when you still need him to go. Yeah. Again, it's big picture stuff. You want Geo playing every other night for two months here. Not well, let me th- not playing, you know, four great games in the first round. Yeah. Sammy? Well, let me ask you that. Well, I mean, if you if you look at you talk about how does Sandine get back in there, if you know if he's ready to go here in the next week, maybe that's a guy Giordano's a guy that you can maybe load manage and get him back in there to get some rest. I don't know. I'm not saying yeah. that they're gonna take him out for the playoffs, but the he talked Sheldon talked was it last week saying that none of the old guys want to come out, but I you know, you're gonna have to do some load management here and maybe if Sandine's ready to go, that's a guy you think about giving some a rest before the playoffs. I, I totally agree. And don't kid yourself. Like game one, Austin is starting that game last night that was strictly precautionary it's uh the good news it's not it's not related to his wrist there's no concern anywhere my guess we're dealing with maybe a bone a bone bruise or something of that magnitude that just needs a couple of days off 
Does he play tomorrow night? Maybe, maybe not. He, maybe it's still a little, something's a little sore. You give him tomorrow night off. But this is all about game one from here on in. This, it is. And I, just the mere fact that they took Austin out in a game that he could play if it was of more importance tells you everything you need to know now moving forward. This ain't about 60, not 61, not 65 goals. This is about getting this good guy point. ready for game one. Really good point. The team has made a statement yeah. with him not playing last Huge night that the statement. priority is winning in the playoffs, Correct. not his personal accolades. Which means don't stop at Austin, to your point, if it's Gio. And yeah. uh, Gio, we appreciate that you think you're this... Rest uh, is good for old right? people. Right, yeah, old people can't start <laughs> the engine again. We know you can start the engine again. Yeah, and, we'll get you push started and use right? the crank but we and don't, We don't want you running out of gas halfway... Or, or in game six or seven of the first two rounds. Played 21 and a half minutes on Saturday night, second most on the team, uh, third most the next night at uh, 1944. Um, so, yeah, bigger minutes than I think you saw for him. One thing that I noticed is different, earlier in the year when Dermot would be in and out of the lineup and they didn't trust Lilligren as much and Sandine, same thing, someone would play 12 minutes, 10, 12 minutes on the back end, not the case anymore. Everyone's over 16 minutes every game. No one's really over, you know, Riley, the odd time pokes over 22, but the minutes are much more evenly distributed. And I think part of that is everyone penalty kills. Literally uh, all six guys kill. Before we get to Jack Campbell, can we play the Willie Nylander uh, clip on how many goals he thinks he has? <laughs> okay, yeah. And then we'll talk oh. Campbell. <laughs> me for you, Willie, to get within one goal in all your career high. Um... I didn't know that. I, I thought I had more goals. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's uh, that's good to know. I mean, that's something that, I mean, it's something that you would like to uh, to beat. But, I mean, in the end, uh, you're just getting ready for playoffs. So, um, it's my job scoring goals. So, hopefully, I can score some more. That's good to know. <laughs> that Willie wasn't keeping track of every point. <laughs> <laughs> if it's good to know, Willie, then how come you don't know it? Yeah. Does that so? So he doesn't know My what town. Question is, you don't. He doesn't know what town he played in on the weekend, <laughs> or how many goals he has. What? How does many this, fingers am I holding do, up, Will? Does, does this tell you <laughs> that attention to detail isn't his strong suit? Uh, it's great. He had a good uh, chuckle to himself. He's like, "How many goals do I have? I don't know. I make six sheets a year. I don't care." <laughs> Something else stood out to me in that clip. He's like. It's my job to score goals. That's this morning your job. The just requirements. That well. like, <laughs> it's not the only thing. Yeah, you, you got to do other things. <laughs> Tavares makes eleven sheets. You think he knows how many goals he has? I think he does. You think he know he knows where he played on the I weekend? I can think he can tell you how many posts he's hit this year. <laughs> oh my gosh! Lily's <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways. That was dash fun. Thirteen. That was fun. Bill. Yep. All, All right. right. Uh, when the Islanders scored their second goal. Uh, uh, can you tell us the expression on your face? <laughs> no, but I can tell you how I, where I tightened up. <laughs> that, was a goof, that, that was a goofy goal, by the way. Yeah, that, that was. And one of those ones that I feel like a confident goaltender, you know, get that paddle out aggressively, pushing it on the old Cujo stick type of thing. Um, weird goal. Would have liked to seen that one stay out. However, I thought he locked it up nicely after that. One thing we talked about earlier in the season freeze rate remember we were talking about how great he is yeah. at holding pucks catching pucks then he stopped catching pucks and turned into a trampoline pucks stuck to him last night a little bit of velcro in the third period and gave me a little bit of confidence should give give him a little bit heading down the final stretch here how important are these next six games to 
still take his game or his confidence or the team's confidence in him to another level? I mean, crucial, but, you know, I'm not so sure that he needs to go be the best goalie in the league. You know what they need him to be? Not awful. Go be just don't decent. Yeah, don't blow it. Just and I know that's a low bar in a terrible way. He shouldn't think like what I'm saying. See, I think they need him to be. Do you really, really good? Like above average? Yes, yes. Do you? They still like that's to, concerning. They still like to exchange chances on occasion, and he will have to out goaltend the guy 200 feet away. You think so? Yes, I do. I, I, you know, it's so funny as you think. I think about the Raptors game and all the ways they can beat Philly and all that, and yeah. then they go out and God, it all just goes to hell. You know, can't you just see like a yeah. Kucherov, Stamkos, backdoor, Palat, Kalorn, Point, Sorelli, all of a sudden it's, you know, it's, I'm just saying it, it's still the Tampa Bay Lightning. Players. It's the Tampa Bay Lightning. And so your point holds a lot of water than, you Kucherov. know. I know. Like, this guy's all they, world. So, yeah, he's going to have to play he's at least they're good. Gonna, <laughs> at least they, good. They, they could be, like, they could be struggling and they could be running out of gas. I guarantee you these guys will not be cheated out of their good looks, and it's going to take really good saves yeah. to hold them back. This is a weird observation uh, as a non-goalie coach, but, like, I don't like the way he scrambles right now. Like, I, I felt he was quieter earlier in the year. Right now he's kind of on his stomach. You see last night yes. he got his feet swept out, and he's... Yeah. yeah I, I just feel like he's a little more, where am I in the net? What was the, the one-timer that someone scored, and he made the weird push Wilson. across? Wilson. Tom Wilson's. You know, he made the push yes. across that was yeah. like... That, that doesn't look... That, that to me is what these six games are yeah. about. So uh, we've got uh, the Flyers in town tomorrow night. Yeah. And then they go for three on the road... Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Your second back-to-back on the weekend here. Okay. So what do we? Where, where do we envision? Do we envision him starting tomorrow against Philly and then getting one of two of Tampa Bay, Florida, or is it the other way around? You now know, you're giving. I go Shalgren tomorrow. Uh, but then, then you got Shalgren two or three. Maybe that's the plan. Maybe. Yeah. There, there's yeah. two ways to look about uh, at this. To for for me. Put it on is the question list for coach. You, you are. You are um, trying to prepare Jack, but at the same time, you don't necessarily want to give Tampa Bay and Florida uh, all, all your cards either. What's more important for Jack, health or confidence? You know, I think I'm going to throw that at Sheldon if, uh, when we get him on here in a bit. Right, and, and, then, and then you close out with Detroit and Boston. Yeah. That's, hopefully, that's a wash. Hopefully by then you're like, all right, let's just get through these. You know, we've got enough points yeah. to secure home ice. Let's hear uh, Sheldon Keefe on how they'll manage Jack. From a health perspective, he's he's good. He's you know close to 100% you're going to get this time of year. Um, the feedback's been really good. He's bounced back nicely from that extra time he gave him, you know, an extra day or two. So, yeah, we're going to talk about it, you know, and see. It's, like I said, it's a very busy stretch coming up here, but... You know, it's so they call that constant um, discussion here for us in terms of getting Jack the reps and getting him into a groove, but also ensuring that he's he remains healthy throughout the rest of the way. So, you know, we'll have that uh, we'll have that conversation, and not just him, but the rest of our team. We got to make sure we're managing here through this very busy stretch. And I'm not expecting us to spend much time practicing this week, yeah, just because of the volume of games that we have with travel and stuff coming up ahead. So. We've got to really manage that. It gets a lot lighter for us in the in the last week of the season, but this week coming here is going to be a, a busy one. He gets it. Yeah. 
That's 100% correct, that there is a really fine line here. And uh, for six games, he's going to have to find it. I have been so distracted by the chewed piece of bubble gum on your laptop this whole show. It just dawned on me. Um, <laughs> I, I was chewing gum right before the show started. And you know what? It still has enough flavor that it. I can go back to it. <laughs> a 40 that, minute delay. A, it's like, just a 40 minute chew intermission. That's all it is. It's just. Okay. I feel no different than I did in grade six. So, uh, hey, fair enough. Keep you, it keeps you young. What's that, Sammy? I've just listened to you guys talk about Jack and listening to Keith talk about Jack. I I just have a horrible feel. I, not that I, I have to say it, that just this wonderful team that I think is one of the best in the league, that goaltending is going to oh, be the issue. You oh, just I just, I just really, stay The highs and lows are so hard, aren't they? Stay on the bandwagon, please, Sam. I'm worried, boys. I'm I worried. I don't want this to be slanderous to my wife, but you remind me a bit of my wife. The the the, the swings are tough sometimes, Sammy. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's the best team in the league. We're going to win the cup. Oh, God, we're going to blow it. Oh, God. Sammy, and come on. No, man. I do. Think, I honestly think they're one of the best teams in the league. Pace yourself. I think they're one of the best teams in the league. I'm just worried. I'm just worried, boys, I like, that's all. I like feeling the anxiety from you because I think it's reflective of the fan base. You're, you're okay. a representative if- sample. If you we'll were, go with that. If you yeah. were giving me this conversation with two games to go, I, I'd, I'd feel for you a lot more. But, you too, know, too Sammy, early. just... just <laughs> lock it up, kid. Yeah, lock it up and just, <laughs> come on, grow a pair. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, we'll welcome in Gord Stellick after the break. Stelectricity, former Leaf GM and NHL assistant GM. He's done it all. And he will help straighten out Sammy's mental issues. Yeah. After the break, real kipper and born. The code word for today's episode to text 59590 to qualify for your shot to win Lease Bruins tickets on April 29th is DeBrusque. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, our next guest lives and breathes, born and raised, Toronto Maple Leafs, from George S. Vanier to the big leagues on the Real Kipper and Born Show. Let's welcome in Gord Stellick. Kippy, Justin, Vanier Vikings, all right, love it, love it, Kippy. You went there a little bit, didn't you, until you got expelled or something? Yeah. What happened? (laughs) You in a fight? All I remember is... uh, Gordon, brother Bob, just owning that high school, owning it. Yeah, even, yeah. even the stoner kids were scared of them. Chicks everywhere. Hey, lumberjacket, Kodiak boots with a steel toe, just walking around like they were the kings. Is that the way I remember it? Um, uh, well, if I meet someone at the bar, that's what I tell them. Actually, <laughs> actually, great, great, great friends. We have a great, great group, great high school group that I keep in touch with, George Vanier. So, I, I, you know, actually, I was kind of a quiet kid, but I got over that. I don't know if you noticed. Nice. So yeah. uh, earlier in the show, we were talking about the Leafs setting these franchise records. And, of course, you know, things have changed with 
uh, overtime, uh, overtime losses, the extra point, the shootout. Where do you? You're 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 a great historian now, the Toronto Maple Leafs from a few different uh, decades. Um, where should people be excited about this? I don't know, excited, but I think we should appreciate it. Like, we do understand it. It's not, and it's not just the shootout in overtime, but you're playing 82 games now versus 70 games. You know, the team that won four Stanley Cups did back then. So, you know, every, every, everything takes its place in different eras. I, I, like, I like getting props. Great memories of Daryl Sittler, Lanny McDonald, Errol Thompson, that line. Uh, you know the gem line with uh, our buddy Ozzy, the late Peter Zezel. Uh, excuse me, they were in the check line. Always great to mention Peter Zezel, but Gary Lehman, Eddie Olchuk, three guys you know quite, quite well. And um, that brings back fun memories because one of them was uh, just when I was beginning to work for the May Police and one was, you know, sort of my, my biggest run with the May or my biggest chunk at that time so I think there's an appreciation every which way but you know again you know like if you're comparing Austin Matthews season to Doug Gilmore season in 1993 they won two playoff rounds and went to game seven and that's always going to be you know the 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 final judge I think for people I still appreciate the individual accomplishments everyone everyone on the team's getting their lead getting their career highs which, which is great which is great but a, but a disappointing playoff once again you know puts a different slant on it I hate to be a, I hate to be the downer well, you know, one thing that's going to make a, a huge difference in their ability to get there is how Jack Campbell's going to play in the postseason. A lot of pressure on that position, that particular person as we head down the stretch. What are your thoughts on what the Leafs' priority should be uh, over the final six games? Do you want to see him more and getting that confidence up or, or getting him the rest necessary? See, you know, funny one, Justin, I'm listening to you and Kippy earlier. Like, I look at the, I feel this is like a preseason, let's get the playoffs going. I really do. I, I, you know, when these games are over, look at, you're going to have like a week off in between. So whatever momentum teams are getting, they kind of lose it. And whatever teams that are struggling get a week to regroup and practice and get ready for whoever they're going to play in the playoffs. So I, I don't know about the exact science, and I'm trying to remember Kipper and Justin, because we've had, we've had, two funny seasons you know we had a a season that really wasn't real last year about no fans and 56 games one division two years ago it got stopped suddenly then you went in the bubble and you know I, I just remember that every time or seemingly every time when the Leafs would upset the Ottawa Senators back in the Pat Quinn era the Senators killed it finishing the season they just had phenomenal seasons ended on a high and it didn't matter in the playoffs so to answer your question more about Jack, Jack Campbell I I heard you guys chatting. I like the way, the confidence in that that he showed yesterday. I mean, if he thinks that, you know, a couple more starts would be huge for him, then then that's great. But I think in a lot of ways, this is kind of, this Eastern Conference has been decided for so long that it's almost like these teams are playing more exhibition games, Get you know, when we'd rather start tomorrow. If, if that's the case, then what would you do? We got uh, the Flyers in tomorrow night, but then then it's Tampa Bay and Florida. Which one would you have Jack Campbell play? Boy, and the and the first thing we start with Kippy is the obvious: don't get hurt. Okay, like what's happened with Freddie Anderson and Tristan Jari and what have you. I mean, with anybody, but uh, I, I would have him uh, like like I I'd, I'd put him against one of those Florida teams. Okay, that that's you know that that's where I'm looking at it as far as the you know maybe both of them, maybe both of them. So Philadelphia and Washington is what is what uh, Shalgren plays, and Tampa Bay and Florida are the two that you know. Let's bring it on. Like those are those are the kind Ooh. of teams you're looking to meet. So why not, why not play them? Uh, just maybe just to protect one game where protect from what I from don't know. What? Oh, you don't want say, to say oh, you're, it doesn't you're, go well. You're afraid he's a, he's a scared to play them. No, just yeah. I think psychologically, if he has a bad start, 
I don't want it that close into the first round. I don't. I, it's I don't just, want it in the first round. Yeah, it's, listen, I'm not uh, – you make a valid point. I, I can yeah. see it. It's just – just an overall that, yeah. That's the way we did it thought, at Vanier, Kippy. Right? That's the way we did it at Vanier. <laughs> it's a Vanier way. If 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 I if I got Jack in November, I'd let him play both. Yeah. But I'm not getting Jack right now in November. Maybe mm. by putting him in your show that you think you might. I don't know. It is. Uh, we we are going to ask Sheldon when we get him on here a little bit later. Um, what are your thoughts then on on in front of him and protecting that front of the net? Uh, Jake, Jake Muzzin has been... It's a curious question mark right now. What do you make of his situation and the likelihood of the Leafs getting Muzzin and a useful version of Muzzin back? Don't count on him. No Don't way. Count on him. No, and with total empathy. Yeah. With total empathy. And and, and I, I like both deals that Kyle made, you know, in, in adding Labushkin and Giordano, and they certainly have strengthened the D. Now, if if you do get him, Justin, then that's a bonus. Mm-hmm. Like when I, when I say don't count on somebody, then if somebody uh, is healthy and gets acclimated and can play at a, um, the level, they're, the best level they're capable of playing, well, that's huge. So I, I'm not dissing him, but I, I just, like, I, I, like I've seen this kind of revolving door of, you know, you know like year, years ago it was Rick Nash's foot playing for the New York Rangers, right? And, and he never, you know, week to week became months month to month and in the case when you're talking about concussions and whatever else because we don't know anything about actual injuries anymore uh, that's just that that's just the eyeball test for me we, we also had a conversation earlier uh for me i saw large stretches of last night that was probably more conducive my first thoughts were to a back-to-back game than one of what life would look like without austin matthews what did you see out of last night's game versus the islanders yeah, it's interesting, you know, Kippy. Uh, um, boy, and and they got that dump. They got that ridiculous record. How well they do without Austin Matthews, and and uh, you know, Kippy, you got go back to knowing that team quite well. When the absurdity of when they had success without Matt Sundin, people said, "Don't put him back in in that playoff series against Carolina because they were doing fine." Um, I I remember a couple of years ago when Austin played every game the first year. And then the second year when he was missing a game, I went to the game and I said, man, I'm really bummed. And I never felt this way with Mats or Wendell or Doug or, you know, when it were Boria or, you know, I, I don't know why. I mean, times have changed. There's kind of more of the marquee star appeal, but I don't know. He's just got such a, he's got such a presence. So I, I just looked at it about him not being there. I thought early on, like the first six minutes, because the lines were, were really mixed up, which I don't mind Sheldon doing. I think it's a good idea to try those things that it seemed like they needed about a shift or two to kind of get going. And the others came out a little, Johnstone had that big hit early on, which I thought was good, a little more playoff kind of bite to it. So I just thought they were a little slow after they getting acclimated, but Kippy, I'm loving the way they're finding ways to win. Like I, I'm, I'm I, that that's at the end of it. You don't, that's the one stat that matters. And, and that's, been their problem in playoffs the other teams have found ways to win even you know freddie anderson his best game in goal as a leaf was a one nothing loss to columbus you know of all things he could he could he couldn't throw him a friggin bone right you know the <laughs> games is tough he plays great and yet lose one nothing so that's the part i came at the end whether it's back to back or not just how they're finding they're finding ways to win and that's what that's what teams do obviously logically that win it all what do you make of the uh, the depth lines below? We know Matthews, Marner, and Bunting are going to get a chance. Do you like seeing Tavares and Nylander together? You know, when, before I was going to ask you this question, I was thinking about Alexander Kerfoot, and I can't make up my mind if I think this guy's good or not, but he just, he's got 50 points this season. 
I, I, I really don't know what to do with him. Um, Kerfoot, Tavares, Nylander was a line for a while. What do you make of the sort of middle six in the Leafs order? Yeah, Justin, I mean, Kerfoot's another guy. First time he broke the 50-point plateau, as you mentioned. And um, I'm I'm just, uh, to use an old word, digging it in that uh, I, you know, third, fourth lines last year that kind of got boxed in about Joe Thornton's situation and, you know, felt obligated uh, to give him relatively decent ice time where really he couldn't do it, especially in the playoffs anymore. Um, you know, Freddie Goche was a guy that I would hear and go, oh, gosh, that's t- you got to move on from the goat, you know, and and uh, I I mean just those types of players they just seem so interchangeable and and really um, non-effective. They they, they 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 didn't do what that Islander line has done for years: Sasikas, Clutterbuck, and Martin. And I, I'm I'm really liking this year the different variables. And you saw Camp last night what he can do. I mean I, I and so moving them around again. That's what it comes down to. You know, last week when we chatted, Kippy was talking about bringing in Matto and Noonan and guys like that when they won the Stanley Cup for the New York Rangers. And you get a little puzzled from the outside about, you know, why these guys we brought in. But just all these different variables, if you're, if you're talking about getting 16 wins. So I, I'm, th- this is the best. This is the best the Leafs have had since back in those, those Pat Quinn teams. Are you surprised at the, the, the range that uh, McKayev and Engvall um have 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 gone to um and just in terms of their the way they've stepped up uh, did you ever see them uh, in, in this kind of predicament now now last night uh, a top 6 scenario if the leafs do run out of uh, or get into maybe a a scenario with maybe an injury or a suspension um it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a better look than it was say in september or, or october yeah, yeah. You know, to say I see them, I, I'd be dishonest. You hope for it. That's what you always hope for. But, you know, you know, you kind of look about, uh, you thought maybe Kasperi Kapanen and Andreas Janssen would be kind of in those roles, you know, and at a salary that works. So then you, you couldn't do it anymore. The salary didn't work. So you kept hoping somebody else could do it and it really wasn't happening and then you add a bunting who comes as a you know comes as a free agent and is able to do it so you know in both cases one day Michael Grebner like he every time he got a breakaway you start excuse me every time you got a breakaway McKay have you thought here's Michael Grebner the 2022 version right and then one time he scored and it seemed like that word confidence just changed that all of a sudden what we'd heard about because the guy's not a young guy he came over here as a as, as an older guy breaking into the NHL. So I'd love his skill level. So I saw that more than Engvall. I give Engvall credit that, you know, everyone's always been hard on him. I think Sheldon Keefe understands what it, what he's all about, knowing him from the Marley days. And uh, that that one has surprised me more. And I don't uh, I don't know how much you guys are down at the rink, but there's been that, uh, the uh, pregame skate, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, it's the last three minutes is theirs. They just skate. They're the final two on the ice for the pregame skate. And they just do all dipsy doodling things. And the horn keeps going, you know, reminding them kind of like when you're a kid playing hockey, come home for dinner, come home for dinner. And all of a sudden, Pierre Engvall, I don't know if he's welcome or not, but he decided he's the third guy in that group. So there's three of them in that group. And now he definitely is the third last guy off. So last night he was loving that there were only two of them. So Justin Hall kind of crept in as the third guy. So I don't know. I kind of like that. Like, I don't don't know if he's welcome or not, but he's just decided I'm going to hang with the cool kids. Yeah, Mitch. And Austin are like, what are you going to do with your 10 million? And like, what are you going to do with your 10 million? Pierre's like, shut up, guys. <laughs> you know, Justin kind of brings up a, a little bit of a point here, especially with you and your background in, in management. 
you know, for Kyle, who's brought these guys in and, and trained them and, you know, developed them, uh, there, there's a sense that McCabe will be the Zach Hyman of uh, where, where, where you're going to lose him. He's, he's going to outprice himself here. Um, that's got to be a little bit in the back of their minds as well. I know there's bigger fish to fry for them right now, but do you see that scenario? Well, I, yeah, but you just give Brad Treliving a call. You start with Johnny Goudreau and you got Mangiapane and you Kachuk probably will take a one-year high offer and maybe maybe walk next year as a UFA. So, you know, so that that's the business part, Kippy, that, you know, you can't, it's it's just the reality. So next year, can Nick Robertson, you know, that you've got to always have guys on entry-level contracts when you're up against a cap like the Leafs are. So, hey, why, why not make them leave with a, uh, with a Stanley Cup or a great playoff run? And then if there is a price point that could work, uh, great. But the reality is there was no more consummate Toronto Maple Leaf than Zach Hyman, and you couldn't make it work. And you're, you're, I mean, Kev's a perfect example. Right now, unless there's stuff we don't know about, he won't be back next year, and that's just the that's just the reality of uh, of, of the cap world. You know, the the Leafs, their cap situation is actually not too bad last year. There's not a ton of guys who are valuable, who are UFAs and a threat to leave. But Mark Giordano is becoming pretty important, Gord. Um, you know, he's played about 20 minutes a night the last little stretch here. He's putting up points. He's defending. He's starting in the D zone, uh, filling in for, for Jake Muzzin uh, in, a, in a very similar way. What are your thoughts on his impact so far and the likelihood that he becomes a Leaf beyond this year? Well, you know, you, you look what uh, Jason Spence has done here or Corey Perry's done in a few spots, just that if if, if he's of that mindset – you know that that's hey mon- money is secondary um, quality of life being where you want to be then then that would be great and I I think there's a decent chance he may be thinking that way but you're right I they they need the Zach Bogosian type contract of a veteran D to fit in so uh, I I I would love it if there's a way for him to stay longer I I don't know if that's a reality or not I my stance from this is from the get go he would fall into that Jason Spezza kind of if you see yourself wanting to take a run at this uh, next year as well, then it doesn't make sense. If 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 you're going to sign for one one point five million, you might as well sign for seven fifty. If you're the Leafs, right? It, it can, yeah, well, it, it, I don't know. Hold on, I just wanted to clarify correct Kipper's math. There, that's a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar difference yes. of dollars. Yes, different. Yes, dollars that I need to put somewhere Dif- else. Yeah, different. Well, I know, but for Mark Giordano, I mean, that's still I money. Know. It's money. I know it is, yeah. but. I, again, if if you if you had Jason Spezza, and Spezza of course made ninety plus million in his career, Giordano's at sixty. And, and are I'm, you selling these guys on front office jobs? I'm you, totally, totally. Like you know, I mean, maybe it's a new mascot. I don't care what it is, <laughs> Carl right? Giordano. I, I don't care what it is, but you're working. You know, you're. We'll find we'll you get something. You a check. We'll find you something. Yeah. Then it's. It's worth it. You got your family here. You only see yourself playing for another year. I'm not going anywhere. I, I'll take. I'll take the, the the minimum. So just so first of all, if they if you're going to be a mascot. That'll be great for shooting those T-shirts because he just shoots them in one section all the time. They got to spread it around <laughs> a bit more. So if one of you're them too takes high, over. But, uh, but you need a fishing okay. net. But Gordon. look at those guys. Look at the other guys. Like I, I, I talked about Corey Perry, first round pick. Jason Spezza, second overall pick. Joe Thornton, first overall pick. Like these guys came out 
big money, big body, big money. Giordano, man, oh man, like he had, he had to create himself. He had to raise himself from the ashes. He went and played in the KHL. So I, again, I can't I can't speak for him, but in a lot of ways, the kind of last contract he got in Calgary, the Norris Trophy, that was never expected. The other guys came out expecting greatness, made great money, and you know, and in 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 their mind is taking the seven fifty or whatever the number would be. To me, I would think that would make him more amenable to it. Again, Giordano, that is, but I have no idea. Yeah, that's going to be a fascinating uh, storyline to watch. Uh, last night he gets a chance with Timothy Lilligren, um, who's played well for us, a real run of games here. Do you feel like he's someone you'll trust in playoffs now? I, you know, I had expressed skepticism about that earlier in the season. I've come around on this now, but I'm still, you know, it's still playoff hockey and he's still a, a, a young guy and not a physical presence. What are your thoughts on his status heading into the postseason? Well, the worst thing is ever to convey to someone that you don't trust them, you know, and I, so I have to believe, but I think, I know you got Sheldon off uh, on in a second, but when mm-hmm. I go to the, when I go to the dog park with our dog blue, I'll be able to get a bunch of short leashes for him if that's what he needs. Cause you know, that's going to be uh, an upside having that kind of quantity in the playoffs that you can, you know, who, where's it happening? Where it's, where's it not? And sometimes a guy like Lilligren can surprise. We always know that like the, the least expected. So I, I, I've liked his game. And I've liked seeing him improve. And of course, yes, the big thing about those kind of players, when they make mistakes, it's when they keep repeating them and they don't grow and develop from them. That's your concern. And, and I'm seeing growth with them. So George Vanier, were you like this artsy guy or are you more like a white coat Bunsen burner kind of guy? <laughs> what, Dilton Doily or something? No, I was, uh, <laughs> no, Kippy, I would, I would meet you at Johnny's Burgers at Victoria Park or P&S Burger, you know, down at Shepherd <laughs> or the Pickle Barrel on Leslie Street. And I actually was, uh, I, I played a lot of sports there. And uh, teacher strike would piss me off. It, it was a bad memory, a bad way to end in grade 13, a big teacher strike for a couple of months. But uh, um, I, I was a pleasant, quiet kid. And then I kind of came out of my shell. To you an sure unpleasant, did. loud adult, and Gord. Say, I'm kidding. You're the thank best. Thank God you did. That's what I say. All right, Gord. Thanks for joining us, pal. Really appreciate it as always. Thanks, Gordo. Hey, thanks, guys. Enjoyed it. What do you think uh, Mikheyev gets on an open market now? Four, four by four? P- four plus four plus? I think four by four. His track record's not long enough to you know to really get into weird numbers. Remember, it's overpaying time. Yeah, but it's cap. You know, no one's got room for anyone. Detroit does. Yeah. Those type of teams. If you're a guy like Ilya Mikheyev, you're like, I yes, I'll go to Detroit, Columbus, Arizona. Just pay me. I want the most money. I'm not guaranteed oh. to get another big deal. I haven't got one yet. Pay like, me. Show me the money. I Stanley Cup. Don't care. Pay me. I, I looked. Uh, how much do you yeah. think Mark Giordano has earned in his career? I said sixty plus. Yeah, you. All, that's correct. Yes, I don't even need to follow up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's sixty-one four one eight seven eight zero. So does one point five matter to him? I, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. Maybe, May, but it could be principle. It could be just pride. Pride. Nah, principle. Not pride. Yeah. Just principle, like you gotta you know, pay me because I'm a good player. Now you're gonna play me I, twenty I minutes and don't pay me seven fifty. I personally uh, worry about like the whole group. Remember, I'm a players guy, right? So that whole kind of players association. But you don't want to get my man paid. You want to get everyone else paid. You don't want to get Geo paid. Well, that's right. Yeah, I mean, it's just robbing Peter to pay Paul, right? At the end of the day, yeah. But still, if you're a serviceable guy, like. Spezza should deserve a lot more than the 750. 
But right. he plays 10 minutes. If I'm Mark Giordano, I'm like, I'm going to take cross checks in the corner and block shots for you. Like, yeah. not for 750. One five at least. That's my minimum. <laughs> One five. Uh, that's my minimum. That's right. So I can have a career earnings of 61.5. <laughs> Posted to just 60. It's All right. We're going to take a, a quick break here. We're going to get out uh, because we got Sheldon Keefe coming up. Oh, yeah. You got your questions ready? He's uh, a busy guy. Yes. He's got to figure out where does he start Jack Campbell. Tampa Bay, Florida, Washington. Think he's made up his mind already tomorrow night? Probably. He'll come on here and just savage Jack and just be like, ah, we don't trust him. We can't play him anymore. Give me a percentage of Jack starting tomorrow night. 60-40, Uh, 70-30? I think he plays, yeah, 65-35. Okay. You think he tells us? Not a chance. Not a chance. Okay. Do we try, though? Oh, definitely. Definitely. (laughs) Okay. 